immersive audio podcast. In conversations with industry thought leaders, practitioners, artists, academics, and entrepreneurs, discussing all aspects of this rapidly evolving industry, from art, science, and business to practical insights and project case studies. We aim to inform, educate, explore, and unite the community. This episode is sponsored by Holoplot, the technology that features the award-winning X1 Matrix speaker array and integrated software that enables 3D audio beamforming and wavefield synthesis. Holoplot is pivoting the revolution in sound control that allows for a completely new way of designing and experiencing immersive audio on a large scale. To find out more, visit holoplot.com. Hello and welcome to the Immersive Audio Podcast, episode 79, with me, your host, Oliver Cadell and Monica Bowles. Hi, Monica. Hello. How's it going? It's going all right. It's still really hot in London and... Uh, Without air conditioning and windows closed, it's going to get hot, just like it did last time. Uh, it's actually perhaps the first time in the world that we're recording with such a short period of time in between the recordings. So I get a chance to ask you how your live performance went in the end. I, I always feel like I'm more critical of myself than anyone else's, but there's of course things that I, I wanted to fix and I could have done better, but everyone seemed to enjoy it and. Um, yeah, it seemed to go over really well and it was fun to kind of get back out there and, uh, do some, rec- uh, performing, spend a minute with the pandemic kind of put a little bit of a hiatus on some of that. So, um, yeah, it felt good to be back out there. Good. I'm pleased for you that it went well. Yeah. I never doubted you. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. We covered recent news quite extensively in our previous episode, so there's not a huge deal to report. Um, having said that, there are some some news on on personal level from me, so I'm just gonna uh, read out a couple of things. So this been quite some time in the making, as it always is with these peer reviewed publications, etc. And uh, we've been through multiple waiting rounds and review rounds, and uh, it, it's finally been published. So so what happened? Myself and my co-author, Professor Justin Patterson from University of West London. Just last week, we published a paper on audio for extended realities for uh, the International Journal of Research into New Media Technologies, which is a SAGE publication. I suppose the motivation behind this was to really look at the state of play with the kind of... uh, spatial audio workflows, tools, formats, and everything that we've been utilizing over the past years that kind of has made into the multiple releases of commercial projects and uh, looking at the whole ecosystem of those aspects uh, more holistically and more in depth with some literature review backing and also looking at, you know, what other people have published on similar topics. You know, creative and technical development of immersive audio is often a function of evolving tool sets and distribution platforms. And the associate workflow is far from standardized, as you know. So this paper forms the context for such audio workflow, one that draws from the precursor technologies such as audio for games and virtual reality and develops this into outline taxonomy that is representative of the state of the art and forward-facing towards the evolution of the technology. The paper features a series of case studies based on multiple documentary series 
as virtual reality and mixed reality experiences by Sir David Attenborough, Museum Alive, Micro Monsters, First Life, VR, Museum Alive, Augmented Reality, and Kingdom of Plants. The body of works I personally have been proudly involved with as a supervising 3D sound designer and mixer over the past several years. So if it's something of interest for all listeners, you can check out show notes. I'll include the link. And um, last thing to mention that all of those projects, those films are available to watch and experience completely for free uh, on MetaQuest headset if you have access to one. And um, it's mainly in a natural history um, genre, um, as you can imagine, because of David Attenborough. Well, that sounds exciting. I think uh, I'm, I'm excited to read your paper, Oliver. And then maybe, maybe the next uh, Immersive Audio podcast, I can ask you some questions about it. Okay, yeah, sounds good. There's a lot of details and I'm sure they will be picked apart by our savvy listeners and like they'll find some things to debate or question me on. <laughs> So one thing that I, I want to start promoting, and I might bring this up for the next few episodes, um, is that I have been working on preparing a survey with the International Planetarium Society Immersive Audio Committee. Um, we are have are trying to kind of get an understanding of the state of the industry of sound in full dome and planetarium spaces. So if we have any listeners that work in those spaces that would like to take this survey, um, we'll provide the link to that in the show notes as well. Um, and I would welcome anyone and everybody to reply as we were really trying to um, get a good understanding of where we're at in the industry so we can maybe start to look at ways we can address some of the challenges that I think we all know that we have within that space. Please fill that out if you feel like you have some insights to share. Cool. Awesome. Our guest today, Yelmer Althaus. Yelmer is the founder of The Sphere of Sound, audio director at VR Relax and sound designer at Aku.world. With a passion for audio and technology, Yelmer has dedicated his career to creating immersive audio experiences for a variety next generation media. He's an experienced audio professional with a strong background in sound design. From 2017, he fully immersed himself, no pun intended, in spatial sound design for VR and art applications in particular. In 2018, he joined the V-Relax team as audio director, where he mainly focused on the psychological effect and the influence of spatial sound and well-being. Having created a lot of spatial audio designs, helping people to feel relaxed, combining audio and biofeedback techniques and several research activities, he has learned his skill on the job. He has a strong passion for the spatial audio format because he strongly believes in the added value of spatial audio experiences for e-health and well-being as well as for the digital arts and web3 applications. Yelma, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Oliver. Wow. And Monica, hi as well. Hello. Great to have you here. Honored to be here. Yelma, the reason why we wanted to do this interview is because as yourself and many of our listeners probably have noticed, there's been a real shift in this sort of 
subsector of immersive water industry, well-being, wellness, and uh, all kinds of ways of converging technology, spatial audio, with all these aspects that help people to to feel better, whether it's psychological, whether it's physiological or both. So really looking forward to diving into this world that is rapidly emerging and growing with you and finding out some insights because obviously you're somebody who's been working in the field for several years now. But before we do that, let's go all the way to the beginning as we always do and Please tell us how you got into the audio and maybe how you got into the spatial audio. Tell us where you're tuning in from as well. All right. Now, well, I'm based in uh, the Netherlands, a uh, place called Groningen. Yeah, hard to pronounce for outlanders, I think, but it's in the north of the Netherlands. Uh, I have my studio over there. But yeah, if we go way, way back, then um, I was then six years old when I firstly got in touch with, uh, with music. We always had a piano at home and I started playing the recorder at age of six as an elementary music lesson at the local music school. So there it all started. And from there, um, choosing to play the flute <laughs> because a girl, uh, I like also choose that instrument. Um, but then found out that wasn't really cool. So discovered synthesizer greatest and went to, into keyboard lessons. And after that, discovered REM, Pearl Jam and started playing in a band where I sang and played a guitar and recorded my first CD and ended up in a studio. And I thought, well, from that day on, I thought uh, one day I would have my own uh, studio. So anyway, high school was coming to an end and in retrospective, I often wonder uh, why I made some choices, but you know, I liked everything, but also felt the obligation to do a university education. But I found out it wasn't not for me because um, I, I, I choose to study psychology. But uh, after a few months, I dropped out of that study uh, and I went to Hilfesum doing music technology. But there I couldn't find a place to live, so I went back to Groningen. And there I met my wife and she already had a daughter, so uh, I had to start working, making money, uh, eventually working and studying management, economics and law. And two kids and a couple of years later, I found out that uh, my dream was still existing, um, so I started to working in a music store actually, followed by a short period at Steinberg, and after that I started working uh, as a system integrator or yeah salesman at the system integrator and building studios for uh, world famous DJs here in uh, Holland, and then I also started part time freelancing because I always. Uh, managed to do some jobs in between, but the part-time freelancing resulted uh, in the sphere of sound. Here we are, happier than ever <laughs> with my work. I guess, how did you become interested in spatial audio? Oh yeah, well, the first time I heard about um, spatial audio, that wasn't named spatial audio back then, but um, I heard about binaural audio from a colleague at Steinberg. He introduced me in the uh, the, the YouTube movie or, or video um, called The Virtual Barbershop, probably known by all <laughs> people who now are doing immersive audio, I think. Uh, but it really it was stunning experience. And during my period at the system integrator, I dove deeper into that spatial audio production technique because there were some questions from uh, people who were buying by us. 
And also r- around the same time, my buddy Dirk van der Meer, he's a very talented visual artist and musician as well. He had an Oculus dev kit at his place. And um, when I had that experience, I thought, well, how cool would it be uh, if the sound is also like three-dimensional and interacts with head movements? It wasn't back then. So I started to read everything I could find on the internet and learned myself the techniques required to produce binaural audio, uh, really in search of plugins and stuff. Um, yeah, and later on, Ambisonics, I bought my Sennheiser Ambio microphone together with a test cam recorder and started recording Ambisonics and, uh, and chasing jobs to do spatial audio production. Though there wasn't much work to do back then, but uh, there I started to become interested in spatial audio. So tell us a little bit more about your company, the Sphere of Sound. How did you come to the idea of creating this um, entity and what was the ambition and mission behind it? I started freelancing, so from 2017, when I founded the Sphere of Sound as a part-time freelancer and uh, and doing some spatial audio production for 360 videos and VR games. And around that same time, Relax asked me to join their team as an audio director. And three years later, that was in 2020, during COVID, I had the opportunity to fully concentrate on the Sphere of Sound. And was exciting at first, but uh, due to Fear Relax and uh, the immense uh, project that came along the way, I could uh, I could afford my own studio uh, only three minutes away from my home. So, and from then on, the first spatial audio production I made that was now six years ago, and from now I made over one hundred production, uh, from which a great part was of creating soothing and relaxing environments for Fear Relax. And so I really dove into the transformative power of sound. And I really wanted to enhance the stories and experiences uh, through spatial audio. And there was an extra goal to it, improving quality of life. So yeah, I I just wanted to make a positive impact with my company uh, by offering those high quality spatial audio designs. Besides, it was fun to do as well. Yeah, so making audio an important functional part of any media production and let people carefully think about how they can benefit of high quality spatial audio and what role it can play in any new form of media. I think that's that's the most important goal and mission I have with, uh, with the Sphere of Sound. That's a perfect segue to our hot topic today, which is spatial audio for wellness or maybe audio in general for wellness. Do you mind giving us like an overview of what's been happening in that particular sector of the industry over the past several years, specifically when it comes to crafting audio to improve our well-being, the whole ecosystem, maybe some famous case studies or your own case studies. The wellness market is the market is huge, right? And and consumers are spending uh, more on wellness than they they have ever done before. So that's why Free Relax also uh, was born. I believe wellness is now a 1.5 trillion market globally, and it's growing like 5 to 10% each year. And with Virilex, we had, I'm, so, I'm searching now for words because we have a Dutch saying, it's meer brille minder pillen, and uh, translated, it's it's called um, more goggles, less of medicine pills, you know? <laughs> to answer your question, uh, Oliver, um uh, 
union of audio design and health technology is is a rapidly evolving field and it's fascinating to see how these are intersecting with each other we are witnessing a significant shift towards personalization uh, which we also experience at Verilax. like in the past audio content was typically well here it is and and, and use it but today with uh, advancements in ai and big data uh, we're able to create tailored soundscapes that are unique to individual needs. Uh, and of course, uh, taking into account all kinds of preferences. And one example of that is that I'm currently investigating how um, biofeedback from the users of VRelax uh, can be used to create personalized soundscapes and music um, to activate a form of entrainment and interactivity where the same uh, music or sound can be used to influence uh, heart rate state of mind or emotional feelings. And of course, with the ultimate goal to let people learn how to be in control of those sounds to relax, for example. Secondly, I think there is a growing awareness of the therapeutic potential of audio. You got a lot of applications and apps with binaural beats, uh, natural sounds, sound wave therapy, um, and everything being utilized to um, cope with stress, insomnia, and improve cognitive functions, like to focus uh, or to learn. And these techniques are, uh, are more scientifically backed, are gaining more recognition in the whole mental health care sector. And thirdly, I think the use of immersive audio and e-health application is on the rise. Um, like I said, Relax is, is making a VR application for that. Uh, and I know there are lots of more VR companies, AR applications that are increasingly incorporating spatial audio as well to create more immersive and impactful experiences for, for well-being uh, situations. Yeah, so these VR experiences can be used for various purposes, from virtual meditation um, or uh, uh, exposure therapy for, for um, uh, fear of heights, for example. But... The main thing here is to create a convincing form of telepresence uh, and where spatial audio is, of course, one of the most important senses to use. Lastly, what we are experiencing, and of course, also with, with Relax, is that uh, we're seeing a surge in collaboration between audio designers, so creative and content creators, uh, health professionals and tech companies. This is enhancing, of course, the, the quality of the audio content and making it more effective. Uh, but also that it's uh, uh, backed by sound of, of, of by science. Yeah, and in my own work with the sphere of sound, I'm f I'm focused on leveraging these trends to create audio experiences, so that not only entertain but also have a profound positive impact on on the well-being. So yeah, excited uh, about the future of the spatial audio design and well-being industry, and uh, of course also very curious what's what's to come, because. There's a growing potential in the whole wellness market. It's a huge market. And the causes of this growing market are, uh, there's of course more awareness uh, of our physical and mental health. We grow old healthier. So there's this healthy aging and the increase in technological innovations uh, to monitor our health, which of course results in more insights on uh, how to create effective and beneficial products to improve our health even more and well-being. And so there's also a shortage of healthcare personnel, the aging population and the fact that we are getting older all the time and this all comes together. And because of this, there's more need for care needing tools um, 
So that's also the reason why Free Relax is doing so well. And so tele, it's it's a form of not telepresence, but telehealth. Uh, and I think that is a, is a huge solution for for the for the common for the mentioned problems. I believe they, I've read that several studies already have uh, have been done for this. They had a study in Poland and Peru, I believe, and they studied. Uh, or that, that, that those case study demonstrates the various challenges also that need to be overcome, but because you have to deal with uh, how to implement those services, get them to work technological. Uh, should people be educated to use those forms of, uh, of telehealth? And of course, yeah, the whole infrastructure, legal uh, questions, and uh, maybe some economic uh, barriers as well along the way. But the market is growing. I'm curious how you, uh, like how you see spatial audio being um, a healing tool. And how is that, you know, specifically um, motivating for, you know, uh, being implemented in these wellness apps and how, how does spatial audio kind of do uh, enhance the healing effect of sound um, in a way that it wouldn't in stereo or do you find that at all? Well, people are looking more for uh, alternative or complementary medicines and sound is one of these alternatives or uh, helps to support some forms of these alternatives like music for meditation or yoga. And so we are also more and more convinced by the power of sound to help us feel better. And there's more recognition for this domain. Not only playlists on Spotify or other platforms um, have increasing lists of relaxing music, mental health podcasts uh, have also been on the rise, uh, but also the many applications offering music and sounds to relax uh, for focus uh, and for sleep have increased in the last years. So it's obvious that we can benefit from the power of sound by listening to our favorite tracks. Um, we feel luckier or we seek a song we can reflect our feelings with. And with ambient tracks, binaural beats, isochronic tones and all sorts of noises, we can also manipulate our state of mind, use it for meditation or produce enough distraction from our real life uh, environment noises which also helps us uh, to feel better. Even listening to stereo nature sounds can evoke a sense of calm. And so you see a lot of wellness apps with all these different kinds of music and sounds for this purpose. Uh, a lot of them using stereo, and that is sometimes perfectly fine. But now, the advantage of spatial audio is of course the immersion and giving the feeling we can, uh, of we, we are really taking part of a sound environment. And this has so much more impact and will cost less brain power to convince our mind that we feel at one with the sound environment offered. And combined with our eyes closed or with a VR head mount display, we can produce a form of telepresence, giving us the feeling we are really somewhere else by creating a sound experience just like we would experience it in real life. And now that is something which is very hard, almost impossible to do with stereo. So Yelmer, can you talk a little bit more about um, maybe some case studies um, around, you know, some of the work that you've done and ways that you've seen um, through the work, you know, you've been working on how sound and kind of these experiences can heal people or kind of help with their wellness? Sure. If we're looking at those VR applications, 
the main goal is to give people a sense of telepresence and a distraction tool to take them out of the real life situation and forget about the sorrows or problems that cause us stress. So with these experiences, it's very important to create environments that help people to relax. Now, nature is one of those environments we know has a calming effect on people. Sometimes, especially for younger people, we need to create more engaging environments with interactions or more playful content. And it's awesome to see that research has shown us that 20 minutes of using V-Relax resulted in 40% of stress reduction. And not only for patients, but also nurses benefit from these experiences as they couldn't leave the hospital during COVID, uh, but needed breaks. Um, so thanks to this uh, uh, VR experience, they really had the feeling that they had been away for a while. So can you talk about how, uh, you know, the spatial audio and well-being products that you work on are designed and deployed? Sure. As a team, we are working closely together with researchers and people from the field for collecting ideas and making plans for content creation, like 360 videos, meditations, or interactions. In case of VR content, we go with the film crew to locations for shooting 360-degree videos uh, and also ambisonics audio. Now, after the recordings, the videos are being stitched, and I'll be editing all uh, recorded sound files. And uh, after that, I'll do a lot of work in post-production for those videos, uh, designing the sounds for interactive elements or loose sounds objects, um, and composing music for meditation or as a guide track for a video. Uh, after all audio files are mastered, uh, I'm implementing them in the Unity game engine, uh, where I work closely with the development team to get it to work as we want. Are you working mostly with Ambisonics or um, do you have other types of decoding and um, other kinds of formats you work with? Yeah, most of the time it's Ambisonics because a lot I make is being used for VR and Ambisonics is the most flexible format which works well with head rotation. And sometimes I just use binaural rendered sounds if head rotation is not needed. And other decoding formats could also be rendered from an ambisonic file. So for me, that's my preferred choice. I have a very small mobile rig that contains a Sennheiser MBO, uh, so I can capture my own recordings and use them for post-production. Now, one of the challenges are, of course, to make the sound environment convincing with the video recordings, especially for those conditions when those nature sound environments turns out to be not that relaxing. Uh, for example, when recordings are done uh, in a forest near a highway or very loud elements like waterfalls. It's almost like um, beautifying sound design after the event, but obviously capturing the source material on the locations that are represented in, in a visual sense. Yeah. Because you have to have a visualization. It has to be right with the, with the environment you see, of course. But there are certain um, things like the, the whole noise. You could use noise to fall asleep, but the noise of a waterfall is too loud for that environment. Uh, so uh, also I found out that like there's some frequencies, like 500 and 400 hertz. Um, it's really uh, uh, an annoying frequency, um, really not relaxing. So... Uh, I usually cut out that that, that piece of uh, of EQ it with uh, uh, with a notch around the 500, 400 to give it a more relaxing sphere. 
What is it you found about that tone that you think is not relaxing? It's it's like some kind of um, ear pressure. Yeah, sort of pressure. Was it like really context or content dependent? Like it, it was more of a problem on soundscapes that contain water? Or is it kind of more general discovery across? Yeah, more general discovery that the 500 hertz, it was just an annoying frequency. But um, also found out that traffic is just below the 500, so it's around the 400. Um, maybe that that's the reason why I hate traffic so much. The Netherlands, Holland, it's really hard to find really quiet environments. So um, found out that you have to be like a minimum of eight kilometers away from any traffic road um, to get a quiet sound. How do you find the noise floor is on the microphone you're using for the Ambisonics recordings as the Sennheiser? I've had no problems with the noise floor so far. I'm encoding my MBO recordings with VV Encode and the personal calibration file that suits my MBO. And for the very quiet environments, I'm designing uh, my own relaxing nature ambisonic sounds. So, Yelma, you mentioned that you studied psychology as a degree. Do you see these two disciplines, these two fields, closely linked now in, with a bit of hindsight? In your opinion, is there still a big potential for growth and discovery and development? Yeah, I, I did uh, an attempt to study psychology. That's true. And, and uh, it stuck with, uh, with that attempt, of course, like I said. But... Um, uh, but of course, in the field of sound and, and the way we hear um, uh, and what we can accomplish with sound, there are a lot of similarities, I guess. Like the way we give meaning to sound, uh, like I told you, with the air vibrations coming into our ear. And, and we have all kind of different association with sound. So that's also in the psychological stuff. It's, it's really fascinating. Um, and, and for good reason, music therapy, of course, is also a very successful um, used therapy for emotion uh, regulation and, mental, uh, and for mental disorders. And of course, that, uh, the, the fact that our brain develops differently when, when we practice music and when we're making music together, our endorphins are being produced, so we feel like happy. And on the other side, really loud alarms, for example, that triggers our fight and flight response or, yeah. It's also evolutionary uh, determined, of course. Um, when we hear bird songs, we know everything is okay. There's no predator. Uh, there's no storm coming. And that are all kind of psychological stuff helping us with sounds uh, and, and giving meaning to, to the world and, and, uh, and the environment around us. So, yeah, there's, there's a lot of, of similarities between psychology and, and sound and... That's why I think that spatial audio could be a really uh, good way to, to research if there are more we can do with spatial audio to have a positive impact on people's life and well-being. So I think, yeah, that's why spatial audio is, is, is an important ingredient, yeah. So moving into kind of the future, 
What do you think lies ahead for spatial audio technology um, kind of in this space of being able to empower wellness? How do you see this growing and advancing? Yeah, I think that's a bright future for spatial audio. I hope so too as well, of course. It's going to revolutionize the way we listen to audio and not only the entertainment sector, but I think also for the health sectors. Of course, more tech giants are also investing in this technology. So uh, I think for future that the user experience is expected to become even more immersive and, and realistic. Yeah, not only for the entertainment and music, but uh, I think it holds an immense potential for the digital health sector as well, because it can contribute to, to, to feeling better, uh, offering those um, yeah, physiological, cognitive and, and relaxing benefits. So I think we can see more products coming to the market using spatial audio and and furthermore of course spatial audio is also seen as as, as a really important uh, um, component for the immersive virtual reality and augmented reality market um yeah and the metaphors i don't know what's uh, what's uh, and how it's going but uh for those experiences as well because it's, it has the ability to to mimic uh, sounds in real environments and and so enhances the user's immersion into these virtual spaces. So I guess technology is still uh, um, still going forward. And the impact of spatial audio will likely then keep expanding yeah, in the way we experience sound. And that opens up new creative possibility and, and empowers, of course, immersive experiences. So it, it's going to be exciting field to us uh, for the coming years. So what is the best way to find out more about yourself and the work you are doing? I post a lot of uh, on, on LinkedIn, and you, you can always reach me out there. I have a website, not been working very active on the website, I must say, but you can find uh, bits of my work over there. And if you want to know more about uh, the studies of Virilax, you can go to virilax.com, of course. Yelma, can you give one piece of advice that really helped you in your career? I think the best advice I could give is... Always keep chasing your dreams, how obvious it, uh, it it seems, but and always to remain curious and uh, and adaptable. I think the spatial audio industry is rapidly evolving, and that requires a constant thrive for learning and to stay ahead. And um, there are a lot of things that are not working in the beginning. You should be afraid to experiment in that way. Um, and collaborate with others because uh, if you collaborate with others, um, there's going to be new ideas, uh, often leads to innovations. And your work as a spatial audio designer, it, it can truly make a difference. Um, so to shape the future of uh, um, not only the spatial audio, but, but also for the digital health and wellness, I think. So I think you should approach it then with, with passion and dedication and also sell it that way. I've been thinking about it. It's not a byproduct that simply belongs to a media production. I think it's it's a profession and it's an art and uh, that determines how we give meaning to the world around us. Beautiful. Yelma, thank you very much for your time talking to us. More than welcome. This, this was fun, man. I'm a huge fan of the podcast, <laughs> that's for sure. I'm really honored to uh, to give my thoughts about this subject. Yes, thank you so much. It was lovely to hear about how 
You see spatial audio influencing the space of wellness. Er gaat niets boven spatial audio uit Groningen. If you enjoy the podcast and would like to show your support, please consider becoming a Patreon. Not only are you supporting us, but you will also get special access to bonus content and much more. Find out more on our official Patreon page, www.patreon.com slash immersive audio podcast. You've been listening to the Immersive Audio Podcast, hosted by Oliver Cadell and Monica Bowles. This episode was produced by Oliver Cadell and Emma Reese and included music by Rhythm Scott. Got an idea for an episode or want to comment on something we've discussed recently? Drop us an email at podcast at 1618digital.com or find us on Twitter at iAudioPodcast. If you've enjoyed our show, head to our page on iTunes and leave us a review and rating. It really helps us out. Visit immersiveaudiopodcast.com to access show notes and other episodes and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. Thanks for listening. Looking for more audio-related podcasts to listen to? We're part of the Audio Podcast Alliance, featuring a hand-picked selection of the very best podcasts about sound. Be sure to hear the latest episodes from our friends in the community at audiopodcast.org.